Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's all anybody's talking about. Usually the regular American folks just don't talk about the budget deal or the raising of the debt ceiling, but it's all the news is covering, so it's all anybody's talking about. And it's always the Republicans' fault. It's uh, Andy Biggs, U.S. Representative, Arizona 5. Andy, good to see you again. How are you? Great, Joe. Good to see you. Always the Republicans' fault. If you check the news lately, zero blame has gone to any Democrats. Some blame has gone to a, a few people on a certain side of the Republican Party. The rest of the Republicans like you, the conservatives, the America First people, you are to blame if we default when, in fact, you guys voted in April to, uh, to raise the debt ceiling and to avert default. Andy, you dug in, you guys voted, you passed it, and at the end of the day, all you had to do was shut up and let the Senate take it up. If they don't and if we default, it's on them, right? Yeah, you know, there's a lot to unpack with that, Joe, that's for sure. But, but the, it, the nub of it is the, the media, the corporate media, together with the Democrats, are going to always blame the Republicans. That's what they're going to do. Uh, they don't bother to do any self-analysis to say, well, gee, they just passed out a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package. Um, and within a week or so, within a week or 10 days, Janet Yellen, Secretary of Treasury, is saying, uh-oh, I think we're going to default. We're going to spend too much money, and wow. that's the problem. It is a spending problem, not a revenue problem. When uh, when Speaker McCarthy, when Kevin McCarthy wanted to be the speaker, you were one of the voices that wasn't for it. There were several people who were conservatives, who are freedom and liberty-loving Americans, who said, I don't think he's the guy. And immediately he gave in to a lot of things that you wanted, Gates wanted, that others wanted. And, uh, and uh, passed this bill, put it up, 87,000 IRS agents will be defunded. He never used his leverage to make the Senate take it up, never ever called the president out on not voting on that or not pushing the Senate to get it out of the Senate onto his desk. And now at least that should have been part of this. Andy, I really thought, if nothing else, you would defund the 87,000 IRS agents. McCarthy agrees to, to take maybe $2 billion away from the $80 billion that's going to be spent, and all these agents are still going to show up. Why wasn't that, look, we're not doing anything if you don't get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the problem. That's one of the reasons that some of us said, we, you know, we just don't trust that Kevin's really going to get the job done. Yeah. So in this bill, in fairness to them, they're not telling the whole truth here, but in fairness to them, they do take, Joe, get this, $1.4 billion over uh, in this first year from uh, the IRS. The problem, of course, is there's been pre-authorization, pre-funding, to the IRS of the 71 billion plus, um, they didn't put any language in here restricting saying you cannot supplant or you can't use this to hire those new agents. And so there's, they're out there telling people, see, we took care of it, but that's not the, that's not accurate. Right. Uh, the, the IRS, there's nothing on the IRS that prevents them from going in there and hiring people or supplanting and moving money around within their line, within their budget 
to to uh, hire new agents. Did he not have the power to say, with these 87 not being taken out, we're not doing anything? He had that leverage, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so we passed the bill out first, but but he could have put that in this bill. Yes. And and said that is got that's that's a non-starter. You take that out, it's a non-starter. But um, he negotiated, in my opinion, a bad deal, and it's it's bad for Americans uh, on on a multitude of levels. District Five Republican, great state of Arizona. It's Andy Biggs. I was just in Arizona over Memorial Day weekend. What a beautiful state! What a great area. The people there are sick of what's going on in Washington. They're also kind of sick of what happened on a, on a state level in Maricopa County in the past election. We'll talk about that next time. But they are they are done with the back and forth in the Republican Party. They want conservative Republicans. It is a very red state, Andy, as you know. They try to represent it like it's purple. It's not. Arizonans really are American for America first people, but they're sick of the fighting and the attacking of each other on our side. When they see Schiff and, and Swalwell and Nadler and all these people who have done such horrible things for the past six years, still part of the group over in the wagon on the Democrat side. What's it going to take to bring Republicans together and make sure that they're doing what conservative Americans want them to do? Well, Joe, if I had the answer to that, I'd bottle it and sell it, and I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The the reality is, um, we've got people who just um, they think their team is the Republicans in Congress, and I view my team as my constituents, my family, uh, and my God. That's my team. That's yes. what I'm fighting for. And uh, and so when I come and I see a deal put together like this, that actually, Joe, get this. Here's the way to think of it. They're they're telling you this is dubious. This isn't even accurate. They're going to say the leadership's going to say, yeah, we're going to save a one hundred and thirty billion dollars a year for t- about ten years. But in the meantime, every year we're going to increase the national debt by two trillion dollars. That's a bad deal, and Americans know that. They instinctively know it. It's like you send your 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 kid says, I'm going to go to the store, and you give him ten dollars and say, this is what you you, you need to buy. And they come back and they say, well, I could have spent 20, but I only spent 15. So you're, you, you, now, now you owe me five bucks. I mean, the point is you've got this kind of deficit spending mentality that goes on. And that happens time and time again. And Republicans are smart people. Yeah. I think the American people are smart people. They know that this is unsustainable. And in, in two years' time, we're going to go from $31.5 trillion national debt to somewhere north of 35, maybe as high as 36 or 37, because they didn't set a number, Joe. They just set a date, and they took the cap off for that t- next 20 months. Spending is an illness, that's for sure. It's Andy Biggs, U.S. Representative, District 5, great state of, uh, of Arizona. Member of the House Judiciary and Oversight Reform Committees. He's the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, co-chair of the Border Security Caucus, co-chair of the War Powers Caucus. So the Freedom Caucus is balking, and you guys should be. You guys are the ones that said, we want to make sure that McCarthy does what we want, or else he can't be the House Speaker. Not only is everything that you said true, they're also lying about the COVID funding. $29 yeah. billion dollars in COVID funding. We're going to pull that back. And he doesn't say where it's going to go. If you look into it a little bit, it goes to the Commerce Department. 22 or $23 billion of it. What, what can the Commerce Department do with it? Anything it wants. It can just spend it like it's, uh, it's petty cash. So how is that even a, a change? It still stays in the federal government. It doesn't go to pay down any debt. doesn't come to the American people. How is that a win? Well, it's not a win, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's about $22.8 billion. And because since they claim that they've got these spending caps, 
um, we believe, I believe, that they're going to use that $22 billion to back fund above the spending cap level place, programs and agencies that they want to they wanna spend it on. Because, and they can, can't they? Yeah. It's, it's, there's, no, there's no constraints on it as far as I can tell in reading the bill. Um, and, and Joe, here's a prime example. You want to know why uh, uh, that our guys keep saying there's nothing in here for the Democrats. Then how come the Democrats came and voted for the rule? That may be historic. The Democrats voted for the rule because they want this bill because as their own, as Biden's own economic chief advisor said yesterday, this bill uh, cements in and, and uh, continues the, the progressive agenda of Joe Biden, because that's what it does. It's exactly what she said. So, uh, Shalanda Young also was asked, what negotiations you have to, it's a give and take. Everybody gives up something. Everybody gets something. Both sides do that. A reporter literally, this is the first time somebody's doing journalism, asking questions in the press room, said to Shalanda Young, what did your side give up? And she went, I, um, well, this is good for the American people. Uh, you know, when Hakeem Jeffrey says he likes it, Andy, I've got a problem with it. I mean, how even if you wanted to get rid of McCarthy now, half the Democrats might vote to keep him. That's how bad this is. What can you do about it? I talked to Lauren Boebert yesterday. She said maybe the Rules Committee can, can uh, complain about it. I don't know if it's gone through the Rules Committee or not. Um, she wants to add some amendments. Will you be able to amend this thing? What can you do before a vote comes up? Probably tonight. It's too late. It's too late. So they, 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 we just, the Democrats came over and voted on, on the floor to get it through the floor in the rules vote. And so tonight, in just a few hours, um, there's not going to be any amendments. It's going forward, and it's a closed rule. They closed up the rule so nobody can make amendments. Um, and you're, I think you're right as well. Uh, people say, keep saying to me, well, will McCarthy be the speaker three or four weeks from now? I say, yeah, he will, in my opinion. Um, do I think he should be? Not necessarily. But here's the deal. Well, if you're a Democrat, why would you vote to replace him? You know that you're not going to get enough votes to, to get Hakeem. You're not going to ever get a Democrat. They're, all Republicans would stay together and make sure we got a Republican. So the next question is, what's the next best alternative? Well, it looks like it may be Kevin McCarthy. Wow. So, so um, I don't, I, you know, a motion to vacate doesn't really... I don't think it makes a change. It, it was for many. It was a stopping point. You needed to have a motion to vacate available, or else they would make him the speaker. So it was just for the heck of it. You can't really use it. Well, I said all along that wasn't my that wasn't my reason for not voting for McCarthy. Yeah. My reason for not voting for McCarthy is what you're seeing unfold today. This yeah. is what I predicted a year ago. You know, so um, uh, and 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 how did I know that? Because when he was in leadership for 13 years, Joe, every time there had to be a debt ceiling that needed uh, Democrat votes, who was the point man to get him? Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. He knows what's done, and that's that's how he does it. Let me let me take this to the next step, because everything that you've said so far is true, and it's anti-conservative, it's anti-America first, it's anti-budgeting. I mean, you're talking about a 1% increase at least every year, uh, an increase, and it, we didn't roll back to, to pre-COVID, which blows yeah. me away. We're still looking at the COVID funding, and we're acting like we're somehow spending less when all that COVID stuff should be gone. But having said all of that, why on God's green earth would anybody agree to make this go to January 5th of 2015 after the 2024 election. What is yeah. wrong with Republicans? My God, Andy, have this thing sunset in September, October of 24 and make this a battle for the presidency. Right. Uh, this is, and, and you're going to be shocked, but uh, I thought 
the report I got last night is that the one of McCarthy's negotiators admitted that he's he asked for that day, January 1st, 2025. What? January 1st, 2025. Why? And uh, I can't explain why. Um, I, I know why he asked for a date. Okay, so it's a cynical reason. You ask for a date because when you say, well, we've lifted the debt ceiling until, you know, whatever date, in this case, January 20, 1st, 2025, you don't hear the number of how big the national debt's going to grow in that period of time. It's going to grow by more than $4 trillion. And, and so when you start talking to people, hey, we're going to grow the national debt in 20 months by $4 trillion, people get livid. And they, I think they thought that that would be helpful. But the other part of it is they took, they kneecapped, as Dan Bishop said so articulately the other night, they actually kneecapped any Republican presidential candidate because they can't make it an issue because it's been moved off. And spending is the issue that Republicans used to. I don't know if we'll win after this, but, but that's the issue that we used to win on because the American people trusted us to be fiscally prudent. I don't know that they're going to say that now after watching this uh, performance. It's exactly my but, point. It's Andy Biggs, District 5 Republican, great state of Arizona. Exactly my point. Just like um, the, the Senate Republicans not digging in and filibustering and just doing continuing resolutions, they gave Nancy Pelosi the ability to make the budget through this entire fiscal year. Now, what, what happens, and God forbid, but what happens if the House and Senate go to the Democrats in 24? Then what? Then they're going to raise the debt ceiling by $10 trillion? Does it just never end? I mean, why not make this uh, a, a campaign battle, a debate on the debate stage, whoever the nominee is for the Republicans, whoever the nominee is for the Democrats, they're on the debate stage, and you bring up money, finances, budgeting, cash. The American people are sick of debt. Why not do that? Who's this person who thought grabbing a date of January 1st made sense? Yeah, yeah I, I, can't, I, don't, I don't understand it. Um, I wasn't in the meeting, so I can't tell you exactly who it was, but supposedly that ha- that happened. That was reported to me last night. Yeah. Let me let me let me amplify that though, Joe, because you're exactly right. If in the November election, um, heaven forbid that the, the Democrats take the House, the Senate, and the presidency, because they'll do what's happened here. They won't put a number on it. They aren't going to say we're going to raise the debt ceiling by ten th- trillion dollars over five years. They're just going to say. We're going to extend the debt ceiling for three, four, five years, uh, and we're going to lift. We're going to lift the cap altogether. That's what the. That's what these guys did. That's what they're about to do tonight in this vote. There will be no cap for 20 months. So, it, so we're saying four trillion. It could be six. Could be eight. We it could know. be six. Look, I mean, think of it this way. Let's say you have a, a disaster or something like that that you have to you have to fund. Well, that that. That's going to jack up the spending, and that's going to add to the debt ceiling without debate. Without debate. What's interesting about yesterday, Shalonda Young said this as well, and I want your comment on this. At the end of what she said, I think she made a mistake. She said, and now we've got to figure out about raising revenue. Well, Andy, you guys don't make any money in the federal government unless you take it from us. So raising revenue means raising taxes, does it not? Yeah, that is st- that is still the Democrats' mantra. Um I don't think they'll get that out of the house. You know, I, I've been wrong before, obviously, but I mean, I don't think they're going to get that out of the house because Republicans are really strong against tax increases. We want to actually reduce taxes. Um, and if we reduce taxes, we have a chance to st- st- uh, stimulate the G- GDP and the economy and get more tax revenue in, which is what happened with the, uh, the bill we did in 2018, uh, uh, 2017. So, hey, I got to tell you one other 
thing that's driving me crazy about this is is my colleagues they're acting like they're doing that they're reducing spending right that, that there's no reduction here. they're actually that's saying Andy they're saying they're reducing spending they're saying it that's right and and it's not happening and and you and so they they say well, we've got this administrative pay go they've quit even talking about the administrative pay go because that was scored a few days ago at 1.5 trillion in savings but when everybody looked at the language in the bill after it was printed they're like hey there's no agreement that you're going to save anything because the director of, of uh, OMB, who is a, a lefty Democrat, Biden appointee. That's Shalonda Young, right. Yeah, can waive any kind of pay-go requirement. So it doesn't have to do it. It's in there, but but she has discretion to not do it. Absolutely. So it's it's pointless. What are we doing? Why, why, why is it that when Democrats do something, it has teeth and it's binding? When we do something, and, and I'm not a Republican, I'm a conservative, when, when, the, when the right does something, eh, I hope we can do it. You yeah, guys literally hold the purse strings. You literally can stop any money from being spent on anything if you wanted to. Why do we act like we don't know that? Because that takes political will, political courage. And I'm not seeing that. There's just a handful of that's in short supply. People who want to spend a lot of money, they're willing to do it. But, Joe, um, I, I find myself... Um, You'll see on the vote tonight, we'll see how many Republicans vote no on it. But that will give you a pretty good idea of the people who understand the existential crisis that we're in, Joe. This is what I was talking to a group of people today. I said, we are in an existential crisis, and we can't convince our colleagues to vote and use every stratagem to to stop this, this barreling off the cliff. Yes. And, and, and I'm absolutely beside myself listening to the rationalization uh, of why we're voting for this. Andy, I, I can't thank you enough for digging in. I know that you were against McCarthy from the beginning, and you've been against this big spending from the beginning, and you'll continue to fight for Arizona and for all of us. Thanks for making time today. I know how busy you've been. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, District 5 Republican, great state of Arizona. Go follow Andy Biggs everywhere. We're back after this. Stay here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Really appreciate Andy Biggs coming on. He's always been steadfast in his belief that conservatives have to be conservative. But you've got to watch the, the money. You've got to, if you've got the purse strings, hold on to them and don't give in. And I'll say it again and I'll say it loudly. McCarthy got rolled by the Democrats here. Hakeem Jeffries is laughing himself to sleep every night. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Much more to come next hour. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show.